Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 373 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And the Sens blue line is even more crowded now. We knew Victor Mete was staying in the fold, a restricted free agent who had filed for arbitration, but the two sides have settled at $1.2 million. We'll talk about what it means to avoid arbitration for the relationship between the two sides, how Mete fits into this blue line that now has seven defensemen on one-way contracts, and none of them are named Eric Brandstrom. I'll get Pilsy's take on what the franchise's future holds in Ottawa, and then we'll ask, what could possibly be the case if Brandstrom starts in Belleville? And that leads us right in to how we project the Belleville lineup to look. Are they Calder Cup eligible? Well, yeah, but are they good enough? That's another question. We'll get into that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, August 6th in Pilsy. Nice of the Ottawa Senators to get a signing done on my birthday Wednesday, but as we predicted, not the big one. Yeah, whoops. uh, Not the present you're looking for, but you're still rewarded with a contract, and that's good for us. Some content. Victor Mete, they agree to a $1.2 million deal before it gets to arbitration, which, let's be honest, that's always nice. I don't think... I don't think anyone after arbitration feels good. Like after an arbitration, Victor Mete and the Ottawa Senators would not be going out to lunch after. That's for sure. Because there's some there's some harsh kind of, you know, they're digging at each other. Like uh, I'm way, worth way more because you need me. And then the Sens are going, well, no, we don't need you. You don't do this, this, and this. So we're going to pay you less. So it's very, it's an awkward, tense situation. So if you can, if you can sell your differences before you have to go to an arbitrator, it's just better for everyone. Do you think Pierre Dorian would have gone full Max Domi in the arbitration and said waivers, whoa, 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 waivers? But <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, he did look good coming over to Ottawa. The counting stats might not show that or jump out of the page with one goal and one assist in 14 games, but he steadied that bottom pair. He even made Josh Brown look like a solid NHLer. Do you think that's a partnership that will continue at the start of next season? I think the key word that you said there is at the start of next season because I like you might as well, right? That's a pair that worked. And like you said, Mete made Brown better, and I think Brown made Mete better, and they made each other better. You know what I mean? Like it, it was a deep pair that really worked. Both of them fed off each other's strengths, helped out on each other's weaknesses. And I think if you're Josh Brown, if you're the Ottawa Senators, they were higher on this guy than uh, most people think when they brought him in. I mean, they gave him an extension right away. So I think they want to have one more taste of what can he do and get him beside Victor Mete to start the season. And uh, that's something I could definitely see happening. Yeah, and when it comes to Josh Brown, we know the coach thinks very highly of him. So don't put too much stock into the fact 
that he was a healthy scratch for good portions of last season. Where it really gets interesting for me with Victor Mete is two reasons. One, and we'll get to it more later on in the show when we dissect what we believe Belleville's roster will look like at the start of the season. But with Eric Brandstrom and Victor Mete, you have two diminutive in size defensemen on the back end. And that's just not the template that the most recent Stanley Cup champions have shown. They have guys like David Savard, Eric Chernak, and going back to St. Louis Blues with Joel Edmondson and others. That was just a huge decor. I don't know. And and then look at how DJ Smith played the game as a a big, steady, stay-at-home defenseman himself. So that, to me, is the main interest, is how this affects Eric Branstrom. But also, Pilsy, they went out, and the only moves they've done this summer is shore up that same position, bringing in Delzato at two years at $2 million per season. And then Nick Holden, say what you want. Maybe he's just a contract to get off of Vegas's books so that they didn't have to retain salary, sending Dadnov down to the Golden Knights. But those are two guys who slide into the same spot on the depth chart, and I'm just confused where everyone's going to fit. Yeah, it is interesting where everyone's going to fit. And you mentioned Tampa and uh, St. Louis Stanley Cup winners that had a big blue line. Well, I think the best example of that is the reason why we have Victor Mete, the Montreal Canadiens. They went all size and physicality, right? Like that's that was their MO this offseason. Let's get big, burly defensemen. And Victor Mete, that's a guy who I would have thought would have had some value, but they were like, let's just let him go. We don't need him. We want bigger, stronger guys. So that's that's why the Ottawa Senators were given Victor Mete. And now they have two guys in Mete and Branstrom that – aren't going to both play on this defense core for long periods of time. It may start out like that, but I don't see the season finishing with both Brandstrom and Mete here. Who plays their way onto the top four, I guess is a good question because Brandstrom finished the year there with Artem Zub, and I thought that was good enough that they should start next season together. Do you think Brandstrom has that inside edge because of where he finished last season? Does Delzato have the edge because he's the highest paid of those guys or does Victor Mete earn a spot and a chance to play alongside Zub Nation on the second pair? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, my heart says Eric Branstrom deserves that chance, but my brain looking at the contracts and looking at waiver eligibility says Branstrom's might start the year in the AHL with, if we're, if we're looking at the decor we have right now, someone's got to go. And Branstrom's a guy who you can put down a waivers. And let's not forget how young he is too. Like, sure. He's been around. He's been in the system for a couple of years now. And there's a lot of uh, hype around the guy, but he's still a young defenseman. And to be put into a top four role is, is definitely asking a big, it's a big ask for someone of his size and experience. So, uh, I think Brandstrom is unfortunately going to start in Belleville, and I think Mete is best served on the third pairing with Josh Brown if that's the route they're going to go. So using process of elimination, it seems like you think Michael Delzato will be Zub's partner to start next year. And I mean, man, talk about putting a guy in a position to succeed, right? We talked about it. Mike Riley looked much better when <laughs> Ross, we had an episode named the good, the bad and the Riley. <laughs> that was at the start of the season. Oops. It, it was bad, though. Like, that wasn't a mistake on our part. He was pretty brutal to start the season. Then they got him bes- beside Zub, and now he's a sought-after trade commodity, and the Bruins just signed him to an extension on, on top of that. So 
Zub is able to make his partners better. So why not bring in a guy like Delzato, who mostly plays the left side, but he said himself he can play left and right. We'll, we'll see with DJ Smith how that goes. But if you can put Delzato beside Zub, you're giving him a good start. And there's no, like, he can't have an excuse, right? Like, Zub most of the time makes his partners better. So he's going to give Delzato that opportunity to get better or at least be comfortable in his new role with his new team. But the other side of that is wouldn't you prefer that very prestigious spot on the depth chart to be the player that when you acquired, you said it was your proudest day as GM? I would I would think that this is music to Pierre Dorian's ears, seeing and watching the amount of success that Brandstrom had with Artem Zub. You're like, oh, wow, now my fans are going to start seeing what I saw in him when he was the main piece of the Mark Stone trade. He's never going to outlive that title, right? Like he will always be the guy who was traded for Mark Stone. But that can turn into a positive if he slowly builds his way. Hell, Mark Stone wasn't in the National Hockey League until he was 22 years old. And now Eric Branstrom has had back-to-back years where he's played more NHL games than AHL games. He only played four this past year, had five points in them, had almost a point per game last year in Belleville. I just don't see what he has left to prove down there. He's too good of a player at the American Hockey League level. So if it comes down to just a contract situation, well, then the management should take some blame because that's bad asset management, period. You can't bring in extra guys, have seven one-way contracts, but your prize young defenseman who you expect to excel and need to excel this year before Jake Sanderson enters the mix and then a whole other can of worms opens about opportunity to young players and you only have this many young spots on the blue line you need some veterans and we know Sanderson's going to be a top four guy no pressure kid but pretty much right away or he should be so isn't right now when you have that buffer period between Shabbat being your top guy this is perfect Eric Branstrom territory and if he's getting squeezed out unless he's getting traded for a high end impact player And no, I'm not talking about Sean Monaghan. I'm talking about the next level up of player. Like, he's got to be in a package for not not Jack Eichel, but a player of star quality has to be coming back. Uh, Until then, play the kid. Like, let's see what he has. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, he he needs to be given the opportunity, that's for sure. I'm on the camp. uh, Sen's Twitter is throwing out Eichel trade proposals. I don't want Branstrom on those trade proposals. It's too soon. It's too soon. Now, obviously, a player of Jack Eichel's caliber, yeah, you're going to need to bring some return in. But it's it's too soon to give up on Branstrom, in my my opinion. And, yeah, I don't, I don't know where he's going to slot in. Because if he could get beside Zub, then that's another great pairing. But do we think DJ Smith is going to go with Branstrom? And Mete here, I don't think so. And then if you're if you're going that route, then it's Nick Holden who's really the odd man out. And you just acquired him, whether it's for salary purposes or not. It'd be tough to lose a guy who adds veteran experience. I think he's still got some good years uh, left in him, at least one more good year left in him. And he's a guy that can play the left and the right side in a more shutdown physical role. So he's the perfect seventh defenseman to have. So it would be tough if that's a guy you lost uh, in this scenario. I think that Delzato is the perfect seventh defenseman. And to me, Holden, if he gets a fifth rounder in return, hell, if he gets a seventh rounder in 2025, that's the Gabranson special where he went for a seventh rounder in 2023, I think. 
yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. a few years down the way. But that being said, my opening night decor for Ottawa, and this is going to sound stupid in a few minutes when I say Brandstrom's the top guy in Belleville, because I think we're going to try to be more realistic with Belleville. But if I'm the GM or the head coach, and I saw my team be the second most successful down the stretch last season. And that was, let's remember, the last four games, Shabbat missed with injury. So Branstrom was the number one left-hand guy. So I would start the year with Shabbat Zaitsev, Branstrom Zub, Mete Josh Brown. Exactly how you ended last year when healthy. And you hope that Nikita Zaitsev either starts like he did last year. Remember, four-game point streak, five points in his first four games. Or how he ended the year, where he had five points in his last 12 games, was a plus player, and had two absolute bombs from the point. But we'll see how that all shakes out. Delzato, again, adds kind of a wrinkle in all this. And who knows where that's going to go? Who knows where the Oilers are going to go? Because Darnell Nurse just signed an extension, eight years at nine-plus million and speaking of Jack Eichel, we got a really fun story coming out about Jack Eichel today. But before we get to all that, let's tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one sports book at the Locked On Podcast Network, and for good reason, too. Not only do they have the best lines in every event as well, if you didn't make money on Team Canada's women's this morning, what are you doing with yourself and the Blue Jays back home in Toronto? They're five and one since coming back north of the 49th parallel. So why aren't you profiting off of them by going to betonline.ag and making your wagers? It's the best place to do it. And because you're a listener of the Locked On Senators podcast, you are entitled to a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I can't stress this enough. 50% of what you deposit, you just get. On top of what you deposit. It's that easy. Put in $200, bingo, bango, bongo, $100 right there in your account when you wake up or when you refresh your page because it's automatic. It's right there. But we should mention that you have to win it to earn it. So it's free play money. Of course it is. What do you expect? We're just giving this stuff away. But if you're smart enough, you should be able to do that just fine. So the key is that you're in the action. So stay off the sidelines and use the promo code locked on when you make your first deposit and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pilsy, let's uh, touch on some things around the league before we go on to discuss the Belleville Senators roster. And if you're just subscribing to us on YouTube, a little bit about Pilsy and I, now 373 episodes in to Locked On Senators. But Pilsy and I both worked in the production team for Belleville over the last two years. We Almost got to have our Calder Cup rings made, Pilsy, but the COVID pandemic wiped it out. Boo-hoo for us, but everyone had to pivot in 2020. That being said, this Belleville team could be poised to make a run going forward. We're going to be here every step of the way at Locked On Senators. We're going to be five days a week again in the middle of September, but right now, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and had a little technical issue. Otherwise, it would have been up this morning, but you got all weekend to enjoy Today's episode, you can follow us on Twitter at Send Central or on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Please subscribe to the YouTube, leave a review. It does go a very long way. Pilsy, how long will Darnell's nurse's contract take before 
Ken Holland's doing a double take saying, huh? He got how much? Seems like the going rate for elite defensemen has jumped from $8 million last summer when Thomas Shabbat signed to what? Over $9 million for Darnell Nurse for scoring all those goals on Marcus Hogberg? Yeah, he definitely owes Marcus Hogberg a decent chunk of his paycheck, that's for sure. But man, we're talking over $9 million just getting casually tossed out here for for guys who are basically, this is their big ticket contracts and they're saying, well, this guy got nine, I want nine. And then yeah. that domino effect just keeps going. Well, he got nine, I want nine. He got nine, I want nine. So GMs are in a tough position here because that's now the new market for top pair, young, middle age, uh, like middle 20s defensemen, right? Like that's that's what you got to pay now. They've set the market and Darnell Nurse I don't think I would have given that, him that contract, but he certainly is a top pair defenseman. And if 100%. that's what the market's at, you got to pay him. Except they didn't have to right now. His contract's not up till next season. Well, I think they're worried the market for a defenseman is going to go up to 10 mil. So what's Jake like, Sanderson going to get in three years? $100 million a year? Just all the money Ottawa can offer. Just back up the Brinks truck just to get him signed. So Darnell Nurse, I said it half tongue in cheek, but... Actually, he had five goals in nine games against Ottawa this past season. Seven points, get this, Pilsy. In nine games, he was plus 11. But also, we know how that season series went. And so oh many of God. his goals were just like wrist shots. Like they weren't like Wasn't absolute he- bombs, like deflections. Just waltz in and just wrist one. That infamous goal where Hogberg is like covering half the boards and, and maybe no, I think that was Drysital coming up the wing, yeah, wasn't you're it? You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's uh, isn't isn't that uh, our friend Stewart's uh, Twitter it was. picture? Yeah, yeah, it was. So once Stu- once Stewart got famous, he had to make it his own mug with that beautiful beard Smart. of his, no doubt. But uh, yeah, so Darnell Nurse is getting absolutely paid, and by each and every contract that comes in with these defensemen. Thomas Shabbat just looks that much better. Signed for seven more years at $8 million per year. The only time where you might think like, oh, is that still great value is when Jake Sanderson eventually passes him as the number one option on the back end. But the Sens decor in two, three years time, as long as they don't keep adding overage veterans, it's going to be a real strength of their team. Now down the middle, they're still working on it being a strength, but Pilsy, Please tell me you saw Jack Eichel's interaction on Twitter today. No, I missed it. I was uh, working hard all day. So we know that the organization, the player, they don't agree on anything right now. How he's going to get his surgery, where he's going to play next year, and all that sort of thing. So Jack Eichel just created a Twitter account yesterday. And one of the Buffalo Beat reporters, John Vogel, sorry, buddy, we're going to drag you. He tweets out, Say, and it's a verified Twitter account. The blue check mark is there. He's not fall- he's following. He's following. Yeah, you do. He's following. We got to get a check mark, by the way. If you're watching on YouTube right now, beside your name, we got to get one down there. Absolutely. But Pilsy, he's following one account. It's NHL. And it's a brand new account, right? So John Vogel tweets out saying, I just heard from his agent and it's a fake account. So please beware. Jack Eichel's first tweet is. I'm going to pull it up right now, but he basically just said, the source is me, Jack. This is a real account. So that's a tough look for the reporter who immediately deleted their tweet. Yeah, that's that's a whole, that whole scenario is just weird. Like, why did Jack Eichel just now make a Twitter account? 
And why bother making a story saying it's fake if you think it's fake? I know. Well, right? <laughs> the guy said that he, he he got bad information and blah, blah, blah. This is the, he quotes, he goes, sources have confirmed this is not a fake account. Source being me, comma, Jack with the crying emoji. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. brutal. What, man, like that's that's where the Jack Eichel story is right now. Not yeah. leads on teams that are after him. The price, prospects, picks. No. Is his Twitter account that he just made and following one person, <laughs> the league, real or not? Get to the bottom of that. Well, keep your eye on at Jack Eichel. If he starts following anyone else, you know rumors will run rampant. Where is he going to play his next game? So there's still some trade pieces that are out. Yes, it's been quiet this past week. Other than we saw the extension we just spoke about, Darnell Nurse re-upping in Edmonton. But Ryan Strom could still be on the move. Sean Monahan, that name is one that isn't going away anytime soon. Jack Eichel, of course, is the biggest fish that's on the trade block, I'd say since Mark Stone, but some would argue that Jack Eichel is even more important, especially as a trade commodity with five years left on his contract and no trade protection. They could send him anywhere, but knowing that he's going to go for surgery. But these are still some musical chairs that have to be figured out before next season starts. And it's starting sooner than anyone can even believe at this point. Because not only will camp get underway, we think the 17th, 18th around there, the first preseason game, Pilsy and I will be there in Winnipeg on yeah. September 26th. But there could be rookie camp even before that. And how awkward it'd be. Guys show up to, to mini camp. Let's say Marco Rossi even. He missed all last year. And then next thing you know, thanks for coming out. I hope you enjoyed your stay in the Twin Cities. You're actually getting moved to Buffalo and in a trade for Jack Eichel. As a part of a package, obviously. But Hey, it's going to be really interesting. But then again, we saw that with Ottawa, with the Carlson trade, first day of training camp, after he went and putted around at the Royal Ottawa. That was an all-time awkward moment, Pilsy. No question about that. But later in the summer, again, Mika Zibanejad trade comes to mind. Like, they, they come out of nowhere, kind of. There's that initial frenzy, right? But then, boom, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, a big name is on the move. Yeah, well, I feel like that happens because – Teams have like their kind of shortlist that they need to work on. And then the shortlist get complete. And it's like, all right, let's drop some bombs now. Like we got the time. We got uh, the <laughs> staff. Let's just, let's see what we can do here. Let's try to do something big. So Jack Eichel is going to be done before the season starts. That I, that I can tell you for sure. Because his next season on his contract is a $7.5 million signing bonus. And his no move clause kicks in. So Ooh. the... <laughs> I almost said the time is nigh, but I wasn't going to No, go there. <laughs> no, especially after mentioning the Carlson trade. Can't do that. Yeah. Oh, man. What I can mention is our friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. They're ahead of their time. You've seen the uptick in every business doing their work online. Well, RockAuto.com is a family business, and they've been selling their auto and body parts to customers online for 20 years. And you can go to RockAuto.com right now and shop for anything you need i'm talking engine control modules i'm talking brake parts tail lamps motor oil you can even get your new carpet there and the best part of rockauto.com is not only can you get everything you need in a few easy clicks but the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers i gotta ask this question it's so rhetorical but it does ring true why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Don't do it. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and shop for auto and body parts from all of the best manufacturers going. And wait till you see the website. So easy to use as well. So go there right now. And all we ask is that when you check out, use the code locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? That way they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. And Ross, now a quick word from our friends at Built Bar. And if you're new to the Locked On Centers podcast, if you're more of a YouTube podcast enjoyer, viewer, then we got to tell you about Built Bar. They've been with us since day one, just like Rock Auto. And there's a reason for that. This is a solid company with a solid product. They're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Now you may be thinking, yeah, all these protein bars, they all claim to taste great, but some of them just don't cut it. That's not Built Bar. If you love chocolate, every single bar is covered in 100% chocolate. That's delicious right off the top. Right away, you're delicious. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're great for maintaining weight or losing weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, but high protein, high fiber. So none of that extra stuff you don't want and all of that good stuff you do want. Now, I'm extra excited to tell you guys about Built Bar today because they are bringing in a new flavor and it is one heck of a flavor. It's Rocky Road Built Bar Protein Bar. You got chocolate, you got almonds, and to make things a little sweet, you got the marshmallows. That's the Rocky Road Trio. And you're looking at only 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and packed with a bunch of delicious flavor. So how are you gonna get your hands on one of these great Built Bars? Go to BuiltBar.com, and since you're a loyal listener or a new listener to the Locked On Senators podcast, we're going to hook you up with the promo code LOCKED15 to get, well, 15% off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code I just mentioned, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order, and you can try for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Try a Rocky Road Built Bar for yourself. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And make sure you're locked on, Senators, wherever you download your podcast. You can take us with you via Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on the Odyssey app. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube. We're doing a giveaway. When we hit 500 subscribers, it is a good one. I'll leave it at that for now. And once we can start monetizing it, when we get to 1,000 subscribers, we're going to get you and a friend two tickets to an Ottawa Senators home game right with Pilsy and I. So we'll all watch the game together. We look forward to that. We love representing the community, and that's why you can stay tuned to Monday. We've got our Send Central Citizen back. We told you we were doing it on Monday. We're also going to do something we did last year, and it's going to be really fun to mix in where they were last year to where they're going to be this year on our organizational value ranking. So think trade value in Chell. you got to take the contract into consideration and a whole lot more. But Pilsy... I want to show you something I got for my birthday before we get into the Belleville Senators talk. Check this out. And this is just another plug to watch us on YouTube so you can see this. But check this out, Pilsy. How cool is this? Oh. Can you see that? Is that a LOSP memorial plaque, sort of? No, it's not a plaque, but a frame. Is that the article from uh, that's Dan, Magazine? 
Yeah, it's Daniel nice. Rainbird's article all plugged out. My mom got the arts and crafts going, so that'll be up in uh, in the new studio when I'm going to be moving at the end of the month. So we'll be that's able awesome. To, to throw Ross, that I thought out. I thought you were going to hold up a big frame of Victor Mete's 1.2 million dollar <laughs> deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, old takes exposed in a hurry. About five hours after I said, no chance he gets over a million dollars. Uh, well, he did. No chance they settle it either. And oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, good for him. 1.2 million. He'll, I'm going to go pure positivity on this one. He's going to outperform that contract. And hey, if he doesn't, well, he's only signed for the one year. <laughs> that being said, Pilsy, one place we know Victor Mete will not be is with the Belleville Senders. Unconfirmed, but I want to say Victor Mete has never played an AHL game. Am I right? I think you're right. I don't even need to check that. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, because he, he made the NHL as an 18-year-old out of London. so He was already- healthy scratched a bunch, though. He never got sent down, I don't think, but he was healthy scratched. He played seven games for the Laval Rocket, but after he played a whole year for the mm, Montreal Canadiens. Okay. And that first year, you're right, he was healthy scratched. He played 49 games. He also was an assistant captain for Team Canada at the World Juniors. And that was the World Juniors that Drake Batherson had seven goals in seven games. So he's a World Junior gold medalist. I didn't uh, I didn't realize that. About Dorian Victor likes Mete. winners. Dorian likes winners. No question about that. But Victor Mete will not be playing for the Belleville Senators, although we think that the reason he won't be, partly, is because Eric Branstrom's on a two-way contract. So as a goalie-friendly show, as we do our projected opening night lineup for the Belleville Senators, and we tweeted this out at Send Central, and we got a couple answers that changed our formation. I didn't realize Victor Lodin, although he did sign to remain Ottawa's property, Pilsy, he's going to stay over in Timra and go to the SHL with them. I think that that is pretty nice. Like Jonathan Dolan is leaving and coming over. He's a big part of that deal. Not with Ottawa anymore, right? In the Burroughs trade, now he's in San Jose. But I do think there's something to be said of winning a championship in the Allsvenskan and being promoted and keeping that core together. So I think him playing top minutes over there, we had him as a fourth-line center for Belleville, so I think that this could be good for his development. But let's start in goal, Pilsy. Philly franchise, Mad Sogard, and Kevin Mandeleze. Do you think this is a strength of the Belleville team? Absolutely. Like I, It's it's tough to say this with full, with full confidence, but I'm just going to say it loudly and confidently. This has to be the best trio of goalies in the American Hockey League. Right? Yeah, I'm not going to argue. It, it's got to be. Like, I don't know um, other teams' sixth and seventh string goalies. So it's, Shout it's out tough. Levi. Yeah, it's, it's tough to really say that. But, man, if you've got Philip Gustafson, who just had a small sample size of brilliance in the NHL. Let's be honest. it was Those were some amazing numbers. And then you've got, as your backup, a six foot seven monster who his only North American pro record is 7-0. and That's pretty damn good. So if there's one thing Belva's going to do a good job this year that they haven't in the past years is keep the puck out of their net because they have two solid, solid tendies. I mean, three. Add add Mando in there if one of them goes down for sure. Yeah, I'd like to see Mandeleze get uh, another opportunity because the numbers were down for him last year. But again, he was in a tough situation where he played a lot of the games early on in the season. And that team was a lot better later when Mando was, you know, sitting on the bench because Matt Sogard came and just said, that's my net and I'm too good to be taken out of it. Where is kind of like what I'm really looking for is what Philip Gustafson are we going to see this year? 
Are we going to see the one in Belleville who I wasn't very high on, or are we going to see the one that stole NHL level games? But all in all, you have a goalie who you know can perform at the pro level in North America, and he's still only 23 years old. So Gustafson to me is going to be the day one starter, but Hey, there's a big shadow behind him. And that big shadow is the great Dane who's coming for the starting job, I think, in Ottawa sooner rather than later as well. Maybe before Matt Murray's contract's even up. That's kind of the timeline I'm giving on Mad Sogard. Whereas I think Gustafson, we could see him play. The other day I asked you about Gustafson or Philip or Philip or um, Anton Forsberg, who's going to get more starts in Ottawa. I hope Gustafson plays a lot in Ottawa this year. I think it'd be good for his development, but Mad Sogard to me is now the goalie of the future with Dax gone. That being said, this decor might be the strongest we've seen in a couple of years or maybe even ever in Belleville because I think JBD is going to step right in and make an instant impact. Do you think that he would be a good guy to pair with Eric Branstrom? Should, again, caveat, asterisk, we don't want Branstrom in Belleville. But if we're doing just a numbers thing based on contracts, do you think that it's too much youth? to be a top pair down there? Or are you like, okay, let's go. These are your two best players. Put them out there. All right, I've got a couple things to hit on before I answer your question. First, the bar for Belleville's decor is very low. It's That's been their weakness since they've been a franchise. I think yeah. that's fair to say. Like they, There was nights, Ross, when we were working in Belleville where we never heard of two of the six defensemen playing on the team and we work for the team. We're at the games and we don't know who these guys are because they just signed them. So they've struggled defensively. That's for sure. Can we now, talk about, well, one, we got Jordan Murray no longer in the mix as of last this past I season. I miss that guy. He was good. But I just pulled up their their inaugural season. Oh, no. Only Philip Schlappick had more than 29 points. And they played 62 games. Yeah. Wow. It, w- it was tough, that's for sure. And now with Eric Branstrom, I I have a hard time s- seeing, like we talked about in the first segment, seeing Michael Delzato n- not starting on this decor. After the conversations he's had, he signed a two-year deal. The it's It really seemed like him and DJ had a discussion where they understood each other and had, had some sort of plan for him. So I have a hard time seeing him not starting in the lineup. And... I know the fans don't like this, but I can definitely see DJ Smith going, I want the veteran guys. And on that decor in Ottawa, you're talking about youth in Belleville. The decor in Ottawa, only the two new players in Holden and Delzato are over 30 years old. Even in in the forward core, there's no 30-year-olds except these new uh, two newcomers. So I can see DJ Smith doing... A scenario where he's like, I'm getting the veteran guys in, the guys we be- believe are are good and going to help this team in Holden and Delzato, and we're going to start them right away. And the young guys got to take their jobs away, just like they did with the Fords. It's not always the best route, but sometimes you got to make the players work for it. So that's a scenario I could see happening that brings Branstrom down to the AHL. Now, talking about GBD being a partner with Branstrom on the top pair, I think that'd be an amazing top pair and. It's technically, it's going to be like training for can JBD handle uh, puck moving, offensively skilled defenseman like Eric Branstrom. Can he handle that and eventually transition to hopefully 
being Thomas Shabbat's partner. So I think that's the perfect place to start JBD. And he has the ability to be a top pair AHL defenseman. I mean, he, he didn't look that out of place in the NHL. There was obviously some glaring things like going in the puck for a corner and having a big, big forward come in and absolutely crunch you. I don't think JBD was ready for that. But hockey skills and awareness in the AHL, I think he'll flourish. I like that that take there, that it's training to play with Thomas Shabbat, that offensive Maverick-style defenseman. I said, is it too much youth on a pair? Pilsy, where the hell is the experience back here anyways? Because it's 22-year-old Eric Branstrom, 22-year-old in JBD, 20-year-old Maxence Gwinnett, 22-year-old Jonathan Aspero, and 20-year-old Lassie Thompson with the veteran Dylan Hetherington coming back from the KHL he is a veteran, though. He's been around the league. He's played in a Calder Cup final with the Texas Stars. And I think that he's the perfect guy to play with Lassie Thompson and try to get Lassie to focus more on offense. So if that's the case, I think this decor shapes out pretty well. And then you have the Francophone uh, duo on the bottom pair there with Aspero and Gwinnett. So I think that going forward, maybe you add another veteran presence there because, again, when's the last time a team has played 6D? in an entire season. And that's all that Ottawa has signed in Belleville right now. So that's something that we're going to circle. And I'm sure later on this summer here on Locked On Senators, we're going to be discussing the decor in Belleville and how it shapes up depth-wise. But the skill is certainly there, Pilsy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's no longer the all-Canadian division in uh, the American Hockey League either. So when these guys go to Rochester and stuff, half the decor can't even go out for beers after they're not old (laughs) enough. Like, that's wild to think of. So... So, yeah, they, they still got some work to do on D. You can never never have enough defensemen, especially in the American Hockey League. Things get crazy. So I, I don't think they're done yet. But if this was the, the top six defensemen we were looking at in Belleville and some extras, I'd be okay with that. There's a lot of different skill sets and th- there's a lot of talent on this decor. So th- they're looking good defensively, better than most years, which, again, low bar. Yeah, low bar, no doubt. But they have managed to develop players like Jonathan Aspro, an undrafted free agent now going into his third season in Belleville. And he can be a voice that's been through it as a young guy starting at 20 years old. And and I think that he's a, he's a really kind of guy I have circled and really curious about his development. We know that the Sens aren't done adding up front in Belleville because they can't even fill out a roster of 12 right now. There's 11 forwards because Victor Lodine is staying in in Sweden for the year. And Logan Brown, we've omitted from this list because it's been pointed out to us that he needs waivers to go down. And I don't know if he would clear waivers. You can argue that they wouldn't get much of an asset, but if he's just there for free, why wouldn't a team take a chance on him? So the top line for me, I've got Clark Bishop at center between Andrew Agazino, new addition, goal scorer, just an all-around player at this level and Igor Sokolov. And then the second line, I got Logan Shaw sliding over to center, playing with Cole Sherwood and Pontus Aberg. So I put a lot of my experienced players in that top six because we know in the AHL, they're relied on a lot early on. So what do you think of that top six? Would you put either of the prospects like Crookshank or Yarventi or Reinhardt? Those guys, would you sneak them into the top six? I would try, first off, I like the top six, but I would really try to get Yarventi up there because for me, he's a type of offensive player that if you've got him on the fourth line with less offensively uh, minded guys and he's only playing eight, nine minutes a night, 
you might as well send him back to Finland because he's not going to get the development he needs. He needs someone who can pass him the puck and he needs to get on the ice to get touches and to get in the game. So that's maybe one thing I would, maybe I would switch Sherwood and Yarventi, uh, depend well but then you got Yarventi on his off wing so maybe that's tough maybe you switch Aber Goldberg though yeah yeah it could work out for a shooter yeah that is an interesting point i'm not sure how much right wing Yarventi uh did play or if he played more on the left but that's one thing i would look at is maybe trying to get Yarventi up the lineup a little third line i love this is your shift disturber yep. line like the same way in Ottawa, like it was Nick Paul, Colin White. They had Dadnov there last year. I think if Formanton's the guy there, that's a good checking line in Ottawa. This would be the checking line in Belleville with Kastelich, with Kelly, the dub boys. They seem like they're attached at the hip all of last year as well. It was Cole Reinhardt as that third member. And this is not taking away anything from what was a great rookie season as an overage sixth-round pick in the NHL draft. But I think Angus Crookshank did enough to, to merit a top nine role on this team. So I think that line brings speed. They bring physicality. And they are going to be a complete nuisance to play against. Yeah, I like that third line a lot. And and Crookshank's a little farther along than Reinhardt is. So you, you give him that uh, kind of, I don't want to say veteran nod, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you, you give him the nod that he's a little farther ahead and had a little bit more of an impact in the AHL last season. So, yeah, that's a great third line. Yeah, and then so that just leaves Reinhardt and Yarventi as the two kind of swing wingers in in what's left of this depth chart. But what I'm seeing is a team that has a lot of elements to it. They can skate. A lot of these guys can fly, like Aberg and Sherwood. The guys they added are absolute speed demons. So that's a great thing to add to the team. They've got penalty killers in Kaslich, Kelly, in Shaw, in Bishop, and Agazino. And they've got scores in Sokolov and Agazino and, and Yarventi and Crookshank. So I think that they've brought such a good mix of youth and veteran and physicality and, and good skaters. So I think that all this together, like this is going to be a good, fun team to watch. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, like we talked about, they're probably not done here, which is hilarious too because it seems like the Ottawa Senators have been fairly stagnant in free agency but the Belleville Center has been going after it yeah with like three four veteran four. forwards so it's it's interesting that they still need to do more but you never know what's going to happen in the in this season so you got to make sure you're protected you don't want to have a case of signing CHLers from your your backyard <laughs> just because you absolutely have to so we're going to keep an eye on how Belleville shapes up as we go along here but for now when you're looking at early August and this is what the team looks like on paper as just kind of a rough draft pretty good x factor as well and I omitted him because I think there's no way he shouldn't be in the NHL but Shane Pinto could be in the mix on this team and boy would he ever bolster the attack and cautionary tales from Curtis Lazar but at the same time I think that Shane Pinto showed in his 12-game sample size, seven points, mind you, and looked great defensively, that he can play in this NHL league. We hope we can play in the YouTube league. We're doing what we can here. Pillsy and I live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday until training camp opens, and then we'll be back five days a week. And we look forward to having you not only join the conversation with us here, please leave a comment, let us know what you think, but also on our social media as well, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram and Send Central on Twitter. 
Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday for our Send Central Citizen and the start of our organizational top value ranking countdown. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.